Hi, we are the Fancy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan, and this week I'm joined by Andy in Oakland and Ben in LA. Andy, what was your football moment of game week 22? Um, my football moment was uh, far away from the Premier League, which is uh, the world's oldest pro professional footballer has uh, has signed on for another season. This is uh, His name is Kazuyoshi Miura. He plays for Yokohama FC. He's 52 years old. And uh, he's just signed on for his 35th season of his of his career. So this is a player whose career started in the 19, in 1986, the mid 80s. He started playing professional football, and he's still going. And he's just signed on for another season, which I think is phenomenal. He has 55 goals for the Japanese national team, but he uh, he retired from international football 20 years ago, and he's still <laughs> going. <laughs> what a hero! I think I read he played in Serie A at one point, didn't he? Yeah, he was the first ever Japanese player in Serie A, which probably makes him the first Japanese player in Europe, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe. It, it kind of makes me feel that, um, you know, we, we're pretty old, but maybe we should just keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I can't even... Like my, uh, my ankles prevented me from playing amateur football about three years ago <laughs> this guy is absolutely incredible um getting so, yeah. getting to the age of 52 without a, a major kind of injury as well or maybe he's had loads and just recovered yeah well he has made some pretty good luck for himself hasn't he so yeah um well done kazuyoshi miura if you're listening we applaud you he's not <laughs> <laughs> he's a busy man um how about you ben uh, mine is similar theme, but not quite as old. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Zlatan at the ripe age of, I think, 38 years old now. Uh, scored his, I think, on his first start for Milan. Um, scored for, for um, in Serie A, so he still got it. He's not very mobile, but his game was never really too much based on um, pace or mobility. So I also read a stat that Zlatan has scored in uh, the la I think it's the only player that has scored in the last um, four decades at this kind of level. So he scored in the 90s, uh, 2000, 2010, and 2020. So good job to that, Still going. So yeah. we'll, we'll play the, till the, the, the J League doesn't count as that kind of level. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you see the news about his statue this week? Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, demolished, right? Yeah, well, vandalized, kind of, I think, hacked off at the legs. Um, <laughs> well, in, in yeah. stages, though, right? Because first of all, they uh, sort of decorated it with some uh, unflattering adornments. Then they spray painted it and then they cut off at the knees. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, some talk of it making its way to Milan, but uh, doesn't look like it's very, uh, very happy where it is at the moment. Why did he do that? Why did he buy shares in like Malmo's rival club? He's Latin. You don't question the lion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it does what it wants. Um, my my football moment this week was uh, uh, unfortunately I can't complete the hat trick with a, a really old player doing something or a really old striker. Um, but instead, it, it's um, it's Southampton coming up against the team who beat them 9-0 in that record away win um, and upsetting the odds and getting a win away from home against, you know, in-form Leicester. I just thought it was awesome. I thought in the build-up to the game, 
I kind of suspected that Southampton were going to be uh, really out to kind of, you know, build back their pride and show, well, basically take revenge. I know Hassan Holtel said that they weren't interested in revenge, but they're, they're interested in getting some pride back at least. And yeah, they definitely did that. And uh, Danny Ings, what a legend. <laughs> getting the yellow card, taking his shirt off, um, covered in tattoos. But what a man, what, what a game he played as well. I, I was so happy because I, I don't own Danny Ings. And when he took his shirt off, I was like, yes. He's, <laughs> he's, now, he's now not going to get any bonus points and a minus one. So. <laughs> Surely that, that, it, that's, that, that's the moment of the week, isn't it? It's Danny Ings taking his shirt off. <laughs> yeah. That's that's Ben's that's Ben's moment of the week. Um, okay, we're gonna we're gonna skip FBR moments. Um, we're gonna jump straight into the um, game week twenty three preview. But we're just gonna take a, a short break. What are your first thoughts? So happy. We are so happy. We are so so happy. We're so happy. You are so happy. I'm so happy. Believe me. We're so happy. We are so happy. I'm happy. I'm so happy. Of course, we are so happy. I was so happy. We are so happy. So that's why we are so happy. That's why we are so happy. I was so happy. We are so happy. We are so happy to be in Wembley. When the team play good, we are, we are so happy. I'm happy for that. I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for him. We are so happy for him. I'm so happy for David. We are so happy for him. I'm so happy for the players. I'm so happy to be their coach. So happy for him. I'm so happy for, for, for England. I'm so happy. Happy New Year. Okay, game week 23. Ben, you're first up. And the first fixture is Watford at home to Tottenham. Yeah, I think this is an interesting one. Watford are now, for the first time this season, I think out of the relegation zone, uh, beating Bournemouth away 3-0. Spurs, I watched them uh, yesterday. were a little bit unfortunate against Liverpool. Um, Had some chances in the second half, um, but were, were missing Harry Kane. I think this one... I think this one will be pretty tight. Um, on the Watford side, um, a couple of players to pick out, I think. Uh, some, uh, some people in the community have, have kind of jumped on Ben Foster and goal. I think Matt, um, our other potter, has him now and, and he rewarded him with a clean sheet. So I think Watford now a lot more um, defensively solid. And then um, Saar in midfield. I think Andy jumped on Saar and he returned an assist uh, today. Uh, so he's another interesting, I think, prospect. Um, I think the one I'm most interested in actually is uh, probably Decore at 5.6. I think in this new system, he's kind of like their almost attacking midfielder. Um, and he, he got a double-digit haul today as well. So he's he's potentially um, another interesting one. Maybe if you're, I, I think, probably not in a four-man midfield, but Maybe in a five-man midfield, if you're playing three-five-two, he could be interesting. Um, the only thing is are kind of uh, a little bit mixed, um, some reds and greens. And then on the Tottenham side, I think Duncan, you were discussing this last week, um, but differentials uh, potentially Hyung-min Son um, in Kane's absence could be an interesting one. Um, so he, I'm interested to see how he does in this game. He missed the sitter against Liverpool. Um, but probably will get more chances against Watford. So I'm kind of interested to see um, what he can do here. And uh, I think new to the game is Tangana, Tanganga at 4.0. Jose just throwing him in against Liverpool. I doubt he'll keep his place. I think that was just a tactical thing for that one game. But 
um, also interesting. And then um, one other thing, because I was a Gazaniga holder, and I actually got rid of him this week because I think uh, Lloris is expected to train soon. Um, and my guess is Lloris will be back in the fold in a couple of weeks. So just kind of like long-term planning, any any remaining Gazaniga holders. I mean, he's been pretty terrible since I've had him, but um, you may want to think about your options because it, it may not last too long. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I think this will be tight. I think it'll be a score draw, like a low-scoring score draw. Yeah, what about the Watford defence? They've kept three clean sheets in the last five games, a lot of wins in those, I think four wins in those last five games. But would you be picking out any Watford defenders? I'm guessing their budget. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to do that two weeks ago when I got in Kiko Firmino because he was like the cheapest at 4.2 and then he immediately got a hamstring injury as is um, FPL luck. But yeah, I think um, they're all good investments. The only thing that um, worries me a bit is fixture-wise, Watford are kind of like red and green all over the place. Um, but yeah, I think I would definitely be looking if I had like spare transfers to play with. The only thing is the structure of my team is pretty much 3-4-3, uh, 3-5-2. Um, and I'm always playing Lundstrom, Soyonchu, and then Trent. Um, but I think if you, just for like bench depth, I think you know, a lot of, lot of good Watford options and they're all pretty cheap, like Cathcart 4.3, Cabaselli 4.3. Um, so, yeah, I think definitely good options. You, you had the same problem. You had the curse of the, the right wing back for Watford. I got in Jan Matt. He got injured for weeks and weeks and still is. And then you brought in Kiko for the same reason. Injured, it's a curse. Maybe it's a, a curse on Watford defenders that you bring into our teams. Yeah, Andy next. Bring someone in and they'll get injured. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only thing is, like, even with all these injuries and they keep swapping people in and out, they still keep clean sheets. I, I would have thought that their you know, defence would kind of weaken... But maybe all these defenders are like exactly the same level of quality. <laughs> so like it doesn't really matter. I think Watford's um midfield, like having Ducore and Capu as like the whole midfield partnership, that's pretty solid defensively. They they both by trade are defensive midfielders who through the course of their career have learned to attack a bit more. So I think that actually the, the source of their defensive solidity is their midfield, not their defence, and that's why they're able to trade in and out defenders. That's why like Craig Cathcart was able to play for them for so long as a first-try centre-back and for them to still be relatively successful. It's because their midfield is so solid. And against uh, Bournemouth today, they also played Chalibur as well um, at the base. So, Another one. Yeah, even more solidity. So, yeah, well, I, I like that. like all those players you've picked out, Ben. Um, next up is me with Arsenal versus Sheffield United. Um, I had the pleasure of watching Arsenal in the first 20 so minutes, maybe maybe a little bit more, um, play really well against Crystal Palace away. Um, I just, I was watching and I thought, oh my God, Arteta's, he's got it. He's found something. We look calm and assured at the back. We've got time and space. We're passing triangles around their strikers. Um, you know, linking straight from defence into attack, scoring a beautiful goal. Um, amazing. And then I think Crystal Palace realised in the second half, or maybe later on in the first half, if they started to pressure our defence and actually, um, yeah, just chase them a little bit, <laughs> the whole thing kind of crumbled. Um, <laughs> and it didn't work so well. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, 
still promising signs uh, for Arteta in the start of his regime. Um, I think the Aubameyang sending off kind of skewed that game. So you, you don't really, you wouldn't have seen how Arsenal would have responded or changed things maybe to get around that press from that high press from Crystal Palace, um, which is quite annoying because Sheffield United, you imagine, um, yeah, there's similar kind of outfits to Crystal Palace in that they're going to work hard. They're going to have a good shape, be defensively quite solid and um, tactically quite astute. If they're going to need to press in certain areas, they'll do that. Um, I think this is a game that I will be playing Lundstrom. I think maybe if I had a, a good rotation option on my bench, I I would possibly rotate him out. But I think I'm not too worried about playing um, playing him because I think this is a fixture where they could pick up a clean sheet. Aubameyang is going to be uh, suspended for three games unless Arsenal um, appeal that for um, straight red card. I don't think they'd be successful anyway. Um, so Arsenal are going to be limited in comparison to what they would be in attack. Um, they haven't been brilliant in attack for quite a while now anyway. And they have been frustrated in the past with teams who come and sit deep and Sheffield United are one of the best defence in the league. So Lundstrom owners, I wouldn't be too afraid. Um, yeah, I think apart from that, just just keeping an eye on Arsenal and seeing how things progress, basically. Um, seeing if uh, an option like Martinelli um, in Aubameyang's ads absence, I imagine he'll be the man to step in at 4.5. He's quite an interesting one. If people wanted to take a punt for three games, maybe you're going to you're thinking of an early wild card um, later down the line. Then that's not a bad a bad little punt if it if it frees up some money for a, a Liverpool asset for their double game week. Um, Sheffield United at home, Chelsea away, and then Burnley away. Um, could be a little kind of run for him in, in your team. Maybe better than Mason Greenwood, who might not play. Um, yeah, I think those are the, the only kind of options I'd be picking out. I'm definitely thinking about a Sheffield United double up uh, once their, their fixtures get a little bit brighter after Man City in game week 24. Because I think they've got a nice little patch uh, where a double up would be good. Whether that's um, Henderson, the goalkeeper, or one of the other defenders um, to Lundstrom, uh, I don't know. But I think they're still still a pretty decent price, to be honest. Um, good fixtures all the way from 25 to 30. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, that's quite a nice little differential to double up there. Um Next up is Brighton versus Villa, and that's one for you, Andy. Yes, one of the interesting things I've seen this season is that in the early games, there were quite a few really weak teams, um, like the likes of Southampton, West Ham, Watford were dreadful earlier on in the season. All three of those teams have really like upped their game since, and there aren't as many easy games now, I don't think, as there were earlier in the season. But I think a lot of teams will be looking at Aston Villa at home and thinking that's an easy game. We've got to win that one. Um, I think we're going to be regularly looking at them as potential whipping boys throughout throughout the next few game weeks. So I think Brighton are going to win this one. Um, I think they have a good, good record against teams that are inferior to them on paper. Um, so, yeah, I think Brighton will win. Um, it's a solid one. For, I think a lot of uh, Lewis Duncona's like myself, a lot of um, Matt Ryan owners like myself, I'm going to be playing both of, the, both of them in this game. Um, if anybody still has uh, Aaron Connolly as a super super cheap striker worth playing, I think um, if, you, if you've got Brighton assets, this is one to play them in. I don't think many people have Aston Villa assets remaining. Maybe the odd Jack Grealish owner. Um, 
Brighton's an interesting one because you look at them and you think it's not. It's a team that sort of traditionally has been one of the um, weaker teams in the league, but I just think they're really consistent this season, and I think they're going to put Villa away. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, Brighton, a team that you'd be looking to bring players in from at the moment. They've got a nice run um, all the way up to game week 30. Yeah, they have. What's interesting, like, like I say about them, they um, they tend to beat the teams below them and lose to the teams above them. So when they've got a nice run coming up, I think it's a, a good team to sort of listen to the fixtures on. Um, their run isn't, is nice for the next two, but if you look at um, game weeks 25 and 26, West Ham and Watford are both resurgent sides right now, and then Sheffield United. So that's actually, I think, a lot harder than it looks through the colours. Um, but certainly for Villa and Bournemouth, I'll be playing both of my Brighton assets. And um, I think their they're, they're actual sort of nice fixtures of beyond that have already gone. The, the very end to their season, they have Southampton, Newcastle and Burnley. So if you've still got them for the last three games of the season, then that's the next time I think their fixtures really look nice. Yeah, I totally agree. The next two, like you say, Aston Villa, then Bournemouth. You don't get better than that at the moment. So, yeah, I like that. Good pick, Andy. Um, ben, what do you reckon to Man City Crystal Palace? So, I think this will go a lot different to the City-Villa game today. I couldn't believe Villa tried to play football <laughs> against Man City. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. And Roy Hodgson will definitely not do that. He'll, he will definitely park the bus. <clears throat> so I, I think, I mean, I obviously think City will win, but it's not going to, I don't think it'll be like a 6-0, 5-0 or anything like that. Um, on the City side, I mean, there's there are a lot of tempting assets. Um, you know, everyone has De Bruyne, so him scoring points doesn't really make a difference anymore. Um, Riyad Mahrez at 8.4, I think is interesting. Um, he started the last three games um, he played 45 minutes since Wolves before that. Um, so he is good value. And then I think if you're looking for differential, obviously Sergio Aguero scored a hat-trick today. Um, we'll, we'll end up with 20 points. Um, so I think he's a good person if you're looking for differentials. The only thing with Pep's team is I just can't tell who's going to play because before this, before this game, Aguero didn't start against Everton. So... Um, obviously a lot of rotation happening with Pep's team. Um, so yeah, I think City assets, if you're maybe looking for differentials, I think in my position where I'm doing pretty well, I think it's a risk I'm probably not going to take just yet, just, just simply because afraid of rotation. Um, but yeah, I think if you're looking for differential City City play, City players are good. Aguero, Aguero a little bit more difficult because he's so expensive at eleven point eight. But you know maybe Mars at eight point four is more affordable. Um, and then Palace side, you know they they've got Andy's favorite player now, Cheng Toshin. Um, <laughs> so interesting to see if he breaks into the side at five point seven. Jordan Ayew still ticking along nicely at five point zero. Um, and then after the City game, Palace go on a pretty um decent run um but i i won't be looking at um attacking palace assets just because they're they're just such a defensive team i i don't i don't really want to be playing uh jordan iu every week but yeah i think city will win but not a thrashing yeah, I, I like just to... that ever missed game actually which i think are interesting um you mentioned about uh, Palace attacking assets. I think I agree with you on that. But a lot of people have looked at their defensive assets this season. 
Um, they went through a run in October where they conceded two goals in every game. And then they've conceded one goal in each of their last four or five games. So they're just not a team that keeps clean sheets, even though they have one of the best... In terms of total goals conceded, they have one of the best defences in the league. They just don't keep clean sheets. So I don't think there is anything of interest fantasy-wise in, in Palace, even though they're a decent side um, from a footballing perspective. The other thing about this fixture, another side for, for City, their next their fixture run is horrendous right now. They've got Palace, Sheffield United, Tottenham, West Ham. Then the, the Champions League games start, and so probably rotation starts, while at the same time, they've got Leicester, Arsenal, Man United, Burnley, Chelsea, Liverpool. Like that's their next 10, 10 fixtures. It's pretty horrendous. So I, I think it might not be a great time to invest in Man City. I think you can't tell who's going to play. And even when they do, I don't think they're going to consistently win games. I think they're, they're going to be prioritizing other, other um, competitions. Can I, um, can I throw some whiskey on that fire as well, Andy? Um, Go for it. Game week 28, if you follow Ben Krellin on Twitter, he keeps kind of track of the blank game weeks and the double game weeks and things like that. And he's talking about the potential blanks in game week 28 coming up um, because of clashes with the EFL Cup final. Man City versus Arsenal, he's saying, is a 89% chance that it will be a blank um, <clears throat> based on Man City almost being through against Man United. And whoa, whoa, of... whoa. <laughs> no, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of other things as well, like Arsenal beating Bournemouth, which looks like it will happen. Um, so, so yeah, another reason maybe not to invest in, in Man City or, or, as Ben was saying, another reason to make them a bit of a risk uh, for investment at the moment. But maybe that will mean most managers won't and you can get a bit of an advantage there. But just to be aware of. Um, nice one. Next up is, is Norwich versus Bournemouth. Um, this is one for me. I had the pleasure, the absolute pleasure, uh, this morning of watching Bournemouth versus Watford, <laughs> <laughs> um, mainly because I've been I've been ill ill all week, so I was sitting on the couch recovering. Um, and what more do you need when you're <laughs> when you're recovering from a horrible illness? A restorative uh, game of English football. Bournemouth were absolute dog plops. They were <laughs> they, they were awful. In uh, in the post game interview, Steve Cook, um, when he was being interviewed by the reporter, they were saying, you know, uh, didn't look like there was a huge amount of confidence out there. Um, uh, what would you say to that, Steve? <laughs> and he struggled to answer the question. He was so unconfident, and he said basically after a, a long pause and uh, fiddling with his hands, there's just. Um, just no one in the squad is on it at the moment. Like no one in the squad is on it. Um, no one on the bench, no one in the squad. He was asked about the manager. He's saying he's, you know, he's trying his best, but uh, God, it, God, it is gloomy down there. And the final whistle, this stadium, you know, they've come all the way from the bottom of the football league with this manager and this team at the end of the game, you can hear booing everywhere. Um, so not a happy place to be at the moment. Um, Norwich, um, yeah, I think they did what we expected them to go do against Man United. They came out and they attacked. And I expect them against Bournemouth to go for the jugular and come out and attack again. I think the big thing I noticed with Bournemouth against Watford is they just did not look like scoring whatsoever. Um, and the telling thing was, so so get your Norwich defenders in now. But um, 
I think the telling thing was in both Steve Cook's interview and with Eddie Howe after the game, they both said the first goal killed us, really. Um, so I think Norwich will be looking for that first goal straight from the off. I think if you have Cantwell, as I do, I think this is a game to play him in amongst a lot of fixtures where it's not great to play him at the moment. This is one where he might pick up another 10-pointer. Um, they're hoping to have Pookie back for this game as well, um, which would add add to that kind of reason for playing Cantwell or any other Norwich attacking assets you might have. Um, and yeah, players like Rico, I think they need to go. Uh, didn't even get in the team. Um, they chose to play Nathan Aki at left back instead. Um, yeah, really not looking good at all for Bournemouth. Bournemouth and Villa are the whipping boys at the moment. Um, so yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, not Norwich are the worst team in the league, though. <laughs> um, they are, I, or they aren't. No, I, they they they're the bottom of the league, but I don't think they're the worst team in the league right now. I think both Bournemouth and Aston Villa look worse than Norwich right now. Norwich at least look like they were prepared for this. <laughs> Bournemouth looks like they're just in shock. Like, how we're 19th? What do we do now? Like, like they're just thrown into the deep end. Like, Norwich yeah. look like they came prepared to be bottom in December and prepared to work their way out of this. And so, even if they go down, I don't think they're going to go down fighting. Bournemouth yeah. don't look that way. I, I think this will be closer up, if, especially if Pookie doesn't play. I mean, I would expect some reaction from Bournemouth. Um, but yeah. Did, I mean, you, did, did you see the Man United? Um, Norwich game. Yeah, I did. How, how did they look? I mean, they they try to play football like typical Norwich. I think they look pretty toothless without Pookie. So I think he's he's the key one for me. I think if they have Pookie, I, yeah, I agree with you guys. They'll, they'll probably beat Bournemouth. Um, but I'm not ruling out uh, it being a, a closer game, mainly because like Norwich are like... How many points adrift are they? They're like seven points... Um, below the the second worst team, so they're not. I mean, they're not good either. So you know, I'm just but throwing that out but there. The, the team above them is Bournemouth, six points ahead of them. So this yeah. is a huge game at home. Yeah. Norwich, you know, their their fans are going to be pumped up. Bournemouth, they're going to be down in the dumps as they are at the moment. Um, and I would go Norwich. I agree with you, maybe closer than I'm saying, but I think you picked up something there. Norwich play football. Bournemouth, even against Watford, when they shouldn't have been, they were passing it out from the back. That's where the first goal came from, a mistake from Travers, their goalkeeper. Um, they just, they because Eddie Howe wants to play football the right way, he said that, they keep passing it out from the back, keep doing it, even though the high press is there and the traps are being set. And I think this will be an open game. So mm. I think, yeah, goals for Norwich. Um, but I just can't see Bournemouth scoring at the moment. Um, but if they can against everyone, it's Norwich, <laughs> isn't it? So yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll see. We will. Um, Southampton versus Wolves, Andy. What do you think? I think this is the uh, the classic type of game that Wolves would lose. Um, they play really, really well against the best sides, and they're too good for the worst sides. But Southampton are neither of those things. They're a, they're a team that is playing extremely well right now. It's weird, actually. Like that that team that lost nine nil to to Leicester. I don't know who they were, but they weren't the same as this Southampton. Like they just look like a completely different set of players right now. And it's obviously Danny Ings returning has made a difference, but um, the whole team just looks completely rejuvenated since then. 
um, I guess that was a big turning point for them. So they're a good side again now. Um, good enough, I think, to beat Wolves at home, who, like I say, tend to traditionally struggle in these games. Um, I think Wolves are starting to tire now as well because of all of the like the early start this season to get into the Europa League. Um, so they may rest players as well for this game, thinking, well, the Europa League is probably more important to us in the Premier League right now because it's pretty unlikely that they're going to reach the Champions League and it's pretty unlikely that they're going to finish in the bottom half. So, yeah, I think um, I might... And Danny Ings always, regardless of who they're playing, seems to be able to score goals. So I would, for those who have him, I'd keep playing Danny Ings. Um, he's really the only Southampton player who I think is reliable enough to to warrant a, a spot in... Certainly, the only one I'm thinking about because um, they 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 win they win a lot of two ones, so they don't keep a lot of clean sheets, and all of their goals seem to be Danny Ings. Um, Wolves, I've I've got Traore and Jimenez, but I'm I've got two transfers this week, and I think at least one of them is looking pretty vulnerable in my team because they, uh, they they're going on a run of fixtures that doesn't look like like th- th- when they get the big scores. Um, I don't know. I haven't done it for a while. That said, of course, Liverpool, Man United, Leicester, Norwich and Tottenham being the next run of fixtures, maybe they'll suddenly step it up and it's worth having them. Um, but I think two is too many of them. So I'm I'm looking at, at removing Raul Jimenez and I'd probably advise most people not to be doubling up on attacking Wolves assets right now like I have recently. Just to ask you for a friend. Oh, sorry, Ben, you go. Yeah, the only thing I would add is, I mean, I agree. Um, Wolves and Man United, I think, are the only Premier League teams who have a, f- a midweek fixture. We have our FA Cup replay. So, I mean, I, I agree. I think Wolves will also be knackered <laughs> as well because I think I'm sure they'll they'll put in a decent team for FA Cup replay as well. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Andy, asking for a friend, if you had Traore and Cantwell, which one would you be playing this game week? Cantwell. No doubt. I think um, Southampton will... So firstly, I think because uh, Norwich are going to win and Southampton are going to... Nor- Norwich, sorry. Norwich are going to win and Wolves are going to lose. So that's already an indicator for who's going to score the goals and concede the goals. Um, but also, I think uh, we've spoken before on the pod about how Traore seems to sort of revel in um, playing against the big teams who pass the ball around and create space behind them. Um I don't know whether Southampton will really do that for them. The, other, the, other, the final thing is he might not even play. Like if you're going to rest Traore, you're going to rest him for the game right after the, um, the FA Cup game against Man United. But I think it's pretty unlikely Cantwell's going to get rested against Bournemouth. I saw a stat this week saying that Wolves have played something a crazy amount of games already this season. I think it might have even have been in the 50s. Um, so definitely the team in the Premier League who have played the most uh, so far. So that will I'm sure, start to tell towards the end of the season and possibly even now. I agree with that, Andy. Um, ben, what do you reckon to West Ham Everton? So, um, new manager bounce ended. <laughs> West Ham lost to Sheffield United. Um, on the West Ham side, uh, I think some people were were excited about Masuaku at 4.2 playing out position in midfield. I would wait and see if he, he continues to hold that spot. Um, and I think a big blow for West Ham is Fabianski got injured again. So Matt's favourite, David Martin, came in and basically gave away their goal with a terrible pass out from the back. Um, so not too much interesting yet, I think, for West Ham is still wait and see. I think a lot of people are interested with Everton defenders. 
so Dean Dean returned troll points um, this past weekend. Uh, I think actually Holgate is pretty good value at four point four as well. He seems to be holding um, first team under Ancelotti. Uh, and then I think people who moved on Richarlison a couple of weeks ago at eight point one, you know, I've been pretty, I've been re- rewarded. He's he hasn't blanked in three games and he got ten points against Brighton. So would definitely play him against West Ham. Um, people on the Calvert Lewin train, a little bit unlucky, I think he he bundled in a goal on the goal line with with his hand, so he could have had a goal, but instead he he got booked and ended up one one pointer. Um, Calvert Lewin's okay, I think, uh, just been a bit unlucky. So I'm also kind of wait and see on Calvert Lewin, see how he does in this game. The only problem with Everton kind of like wait and see tactic is their fixtures turn pretty badly in a couple of weeks um like game week 27 they play arsenal man united chelsea liverpool um so that's not good um but i think this game i think it's, it'll be tough i think west ham at home um under moyes will probably put in another good performance so i might go score draw on this one i i'm not convinced there'll be a ton of goals in this um, I think uh, Andy picked out a couple of weeks ago that Sidibe was playing out of position in right midfield, but I noticed that he'd been moved to back to right, a normal kind of right back slot. So that kind of out of position option, maybe not so con- kind, of, kind of consistent as we hoped. I think it's Richarlison o'clock. I think this is his, uh, he, he's got a history of going through like streaks of being amazing, right? I think it's now. And I think it doesn't matter who he's playing against, even if his team loses. I think um, if I like, I've been thinking very hard about Everton players because I was looking at getting um, Calvert Lewin and Sadibi in, and then I looked at the fixtures and I thought, actually, I don't want to make that like disrupt my team that much to double up on Everton when in two games' time they've got Watford, it's hard, then Palace, and then the the, the red starts. But um, I'm thinking very, very hard about trying to get on the Richardson train because I think now's the moment for him and he, he'll score against anybody when he's on fire. It was a great finish, wasn't it? That goal, just with no backlift whatsoever. Um, yeah, he does look great at the moment. I like that. Um, ben, you were saying on, on David Martin, uh, back in the team, Fabianski injury, definitely one to watch. But a great double game week option, do you think, or not really worth it? I mean, if I don't think so. I think um, unless you have him already, like matters for some bizarre reason, I, I wouldn't waste. I would personally waste transfers on trying to get in West Ham players um, because I mean Leicester away versus and then Liverpool at home. It's you know you could end up with zero points. He doesn't strike you as the double penalty saving keeper, does he? No, <laughs> the Tim Cruel. <laughs> Yeah, he's no even even, even the giveaway um, to the I forget who scored for Sheffield United, but they they basically fucked up their shot, and David, a good goalkeeper would have probably saved it, and it kind of just squirmed under him. I was like, oh, this guy's not good. Yeah, um, maybe if you're like Matt, you have a uh, two transfers, and you have to use one or lose it. Um, fair enough. Um, next up, it's Newcastle versus Chelsea. Um, this is one for me. I, yeah, I watched the Wolves versus Newcastle game this weekend uh, in my in my ill stupor, and I I was very 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 impressed with Miguel Almiron. Um, 
I think that's three goals in, in three weeks, some in the FA Cup, some in the league. Um, and he looks uh, not a different player. I'd say he's still playing the same way, but um, much more confident and decisive in front of goal. Took his goal really nicely. Um, so, uh, yeah, Newcastle seemed to have a bit more of a threat than, than they did uh, a few game weeks ago where their attack was a bit of a joke. Still picking up silly, silly amount of injuries. Um, Marcus Gale was the latest player to go off injured in this game. Um, I think, I can't remember who, but someone else went off injured as well. So Steve Bruce was doing the classic, uh, using up two substitutions before half time kind of thing that he's been doing. I don't know how many games in a row now. Um, yeah, I think Newcastle, however unfancied they may have been in this game against Wolves, uh, still pulled out a result. Um, yeah, however many injuries they have, they have centre-backs. Uh, Benitez just bought so many centre-backs um, <laughs> that nothing, nothing can stop the amount of centre-backs they have. They will always have spares. Um, and they've got, they have players slowly returning from injury uh, in trips and drabs as well. So, so defensively, I don't think it changes them drastically. I think they still have options who can fill in for those who went off injured. Um, Chelsea, yeah, doing better at home than they've been doing recently, scoring and looking convincing. Um, Hudson-Odoi getting his first Premier League goal and looking like a really nice option. If you're not so sure about um, uh, Yaman Traore, then even cheaper at 5.3 is Hudson-Odoi, um, especially if he's a player that you're going to you know, put in for the odd fixture. Maybe he doesn't play the next one. Cantwell comes off your bench. Um, Chelsea's fixtures are not particularly nice, but at that price and potentially a man in form, um, if he's going to get first team in six absence, then yeah, a good and interesting punt at least. Um, Chelsea's fixtures, Newcastle away, Arsenal, Leicester, Man United, Tottenham, so not particularly nice at all. But if he can nail down that spot, it's a, a spot in an attacking team at a very nice price. Um, so an interesting option for Chelsea there. Tammy Abraham, uh, still in my team and still kind of doing just enough to stay in people's teams, annoyingly. Um, yeah, not setting the world on fire by any means. Uh, six points of this week, uh, five and a seven in the weeks before that. Uh, so not great stuff. Um, he had he had so many chances, though. Um, but I, I feel maybe he's the kind of player who does that gets a lot of chances, misses a lot of chances, uh, takes them, takes maybe one in a game. Um, So, yeah, I think with those nasty fixtures coming up, be sensible to have an option in your mind to to move to. Danny Ings, the obvious one, um, saving some cash there. Um, Yeah, Newcastle, I would say I wouldn't be buying Almiron unless you're a real maverick. Um, But I think Chelsea clean sheets. There are there is some threat there from Newcastle. Um, yeah, I see this as a Chelsea win, but um, but not an easy one against the Newcastle defence and an Almiron kind of inspired attack. Yeah, the the only other thing that I thought was really funny was Steve Bruce announced that he was going to launch like a full investigation into their medical staff because they have so many injuries. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Almost all of them is just like hamstring, <coughs> hamstring, hamstring. Just not warming up, not stretching. 
Uh, yeah. I, uh, maybe it's just that it's so cold up in Newcastle. Uh, they just can't get their muscles warm. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but good man. Steve Bruce is, well, he's he's written that, that book about murder, so he knows all about investigation, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe he could run the investigation. I don't know. Maybe write about it. That would be good. Um, Burnley, Leicester, Andy. Um, so, what yeah. do you reckon to this? So Burnley, Nick Pope has been a favourite for uh, for a lot of fantasy managers this season. Um, I'm not sure about favourite. <laughs> he's been <laughs> well, in a lot of teams. Yeah, he's been in a lot of teams. Um, not been in my team, and I'm kind of pleased with that, especially after his performance this week. Like, I don't know how Abraham's header made it past him. Particularly annoying since I don't have Abraham and many others do. Um, so I think Burnley, unlike... I, I, I've mentioned a lot of teams that have kind of switch their fortunes for the better this season. I think Burnley have not have, have got a sort of gradually getting worse this season. Um we've seen this in them before and they've managed to turn it around. Um I don't think they're gonna go down. But um I also don't really see much hope for them in the next sort of three or four game weeks. So coming up against the Leicester team who've been on great form all season. Um although they aren't showing the same sort of uh incisive football as they did earlier on in the season they're still one of the best teams in the league and Burnley one of the worst teams in the league so this is a this is a this is definitely a Vardy game if you've got Madison it's a Madison game if you've got a I'll be playing Siunchu in this game as well possibly Vardy as a captaincy option as well because I'd expect that if somebody's going to score the goals for Leicester it's going to be him so yeah Um, he's he's been rested already as as well remember um, over the Christmas period so it's rested. I mean, uh, he took a few games off to have a child. Um, so I don't think he's going to be suffering from exhaustion and need resting for this game. Um, therefore, I think this is a pretty solid Leicester win and uh, yeah, a potential Vardy captaincy. Nice. Pretty straightforward that one, I think. Um, ben, what do you reckon to the big game of the weekend? Liverpool, Man United. Ooh, I'm dreading this game. Um, so like I said earlier, I think the big the big factor for me in this game is that man you have to play midweek with a very thin squad and then have to go to Anfield a couple of days later uh, with like your local derby, local rivalry. 3-1 um, down. Yeah, and then uh, Liverpool will be well rested. They obviously best team really in the world. best team in the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so they didn't look yeah, like it this week, though, did they, Liverpool? Yeah, they didn't, um, but but did enough. Um, and they're at Anfield. I think Liverpool will win mainly because I think this will be a lot, a lot more hopeful of Man. You could rest the week, but because we can't, I think I think I would I would back Liverpool to win this. I don't think it'll be a thrashing or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be playing my Liverpool players. And then I think people planning for the Liverpool double game week, um, you know, a lot of people want to fund it with basically, I think, moving out of Man U players. And um, I, I, no- I noticed a lot of us in our mini league still actually have two Man U players, normally Martial, Rashford. Um, and they've served us really well. I think some of the other top managers don't have Rashford at this point. And, and he, he did really well this weekend. Um, so I think he'll be, It'll be quite annoying, I think, for me personally to to try and get uh, to get rid of Rashford, um, and he he may even he may even 
either of them may even do something in this game on the counter-attack. Um, but I'm personally looking at this fixture to kind of move out away from uh, Marcus Rashford, even though I think it, it could be painful and might backfire. Um, but yeah, I think Liverpool win. I think the other interesting one is um, Brandon Williams. I think if he can establish first team, he's incredible value at 4.0 million. He got 10 points. And I think, I think Gary will get his 10 points uh, this week on our, on our pod as well. So um, I'm just hoping he will take the place of Luke Shaw, who I think he's just better than Luke Shaw at this point. He's like the thin, thin version of Luke Shaw. I was going <laughs> to ask you, do you think he already has? Because he played against Norwich, or, or do you think it's more kind of a... I think you know, right now they're still rotating. Um, I think maybe if, you know, if Luke Shaw plays against Wolves in the FA Cup, I would expect Williams to play against Liverpool in the Premier League. I think that's kind of how it's working right now. Um, so yeah, he could be an interesting one. I think I'm I'm fearful for this game. So um, I don't know, Duncan. As a more neutral, what you think is going to happen? Well, I I just getting sidetracked by the idea of uh, an FPL defense with all 4.0 starting defenders <laughs> and Trent because I think you could do it, couldn't you? Lundstrom, Williams. Tanganga. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's more, isn't there? Uh, there's more. Uh, Kelly, was he? No, no, maybe not. Oh, um, I wouldn't play Kelly right now. Um, he looks great, but they just always concede goals and he doesn't, he doesn't ever go forward. So Kelly, uh, Kelly is the reason they're conceding goals too. He's not good. <laughs> yeah, he's, not, you... he's not a right back, is he? Yeah. Um, what do I think of this fixture? I think Matt on last week's pod seemed to think similar to you that. Uh, Rashford and Martial could get something on the counter-attack and he was quite keen, I think, to hold on to them for that reason. I'm I'm less sure. I think if you're a betting man, which I'm not, apart from fantasy, um, I would be saying that um, this would, like you say, Ben, this is kind of perfectly timed to, to move out um, on one of them if you're going to look at Liverpool assets for the double game week. Um, yeah. I think value-wise, also, they haven't risen a huge amount, uh, which is strange for Man U assets as well. So, yeah, I think they're quite, quite oh, cool. I, I did have a question for the pod for a friend. Uh, should, should I, would you play Martial or Cantwell? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I, don't think you, I don't think you're allowed to bench Martial. Yeah, I don't think you are, right? It's yeah, it's, it's really annoying. You Maybe. know he's going to score. You bench him. You know what's going to happen. It's it's going to be the week where he just like decides to show up. Yeah, he did score at City too away, so he can Cant- do it. Cantwell is that kind of player who, if he scores for some reason, he he does come off as first sub. Um, maybe it happens. Maybe there's rotation. And um, yeah, yeah, and also he. <laughs> He's not really a fourth midfielder, is he, Cantwell? Um, no. So, yeah. Um, um, the one thing that is interesting about this game for me is uh, Rashford took a knock in the last game, um, which is like a, a minor niggling thing rather than a big one, which could have the impact of him not playing midweek, but then making it back for the Liverpool game and being fresh. And he loves playing Liverpool. So um, we've, we've seen him like uh, twist Trent Alexander-Arnold into pieces before. And if uh, if the trend that shows up into this game is the one that showed up against Tottenham, then that 
that could be a good week for uh, for Rashford, which again could turn into another one of those games where Solskjaer's man you defies the odds and wins a game, and everyone likes Solskjaer again for a week. Um, he, he did look incredible against Norwich um, in terms of his kind of ball control and skills going past people, didn't he? Well, he's turning into, I think, our best player, um, and you know one. He's, he's never quite made it to this level before, but I think this is the season where we're seeing him transition into being a new, like he's going to be great into actually he is now one of the best players in the league. So I think he, um, even as a forward at 8.9, he's still good value. It defies, it kind of defies logic, right? Because you think, well, Martial's a midfielder playing up front and Rashford's a forward playing in midfield. Obviously I want Martial, but I don't think you do. I think you want Rashford because he's scoring all the goals. Um, and I think that he's going to be the most likely of the Man U assets to return in this game. If it, it's going to go one of two ways, right? Either the Man U that showed up against Arsenal will show up, in which case anything could happen, or the sort of normal big game Man U will show up, in which case I think this is probably the most likely of all of the remaining fixtures where Liverpool will drop, will drop points. So I'm going to be playing Rashford definitely. Um, I haven't got the transfers to get rid of Martial right now, so he'll play too because I kind of have him on the bench. Um, and I imagine a lot of people will find themselves in a similar position. I, uh, you know, obviously I'm doing it, so that's what I recommend. Okay, nice one. Um, there you go, Ben. What about whipping boys, Ben? Who are your whipping boys for game week 23? Hmm, whipping boys. Okay, Bournemouth are playing Norwich. <laughs> Who's the other one? Aston Villa. Um, Brighton. Brighton playing Aston Villa. Yeah, and I don't think I see too many. It's not an easy one because City are playing Palace, so not a traditional yeah. one. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe Burnley, Leicester to get back on track, or Newcastle in case that their injuries pile up too much. But yeah, I don't see any obvious ones. You got to pick one. Okay, I'll pick. I'll go Newcastle. Okay, Andy, what do you reckon? God, it's really tough this week, isn't it? It's really tough, isn't it? It's going to make captaincy really hard. Let's ask. I've never had to ask this before, but what counts as a whipping? I'd say you're looking for at least three goals. So three nil is a whipping. I'd say. I'd say in a week like this, three goals would be a delicious whipping. Okay, because I can see Norwich beating Bournemouth three nil. I think I agree with you. I think. Wow. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think. It turns out that Bournemouth are our whipping boys. Yeah. And I am fully in support of that, having seen that game today. Um, wow. <laughs> so may- maybe Martial does need to be benched, Ben. Uh, we'll see. What about clean sheets? Um, ben, who's your first clean sheet? Uh, my first one will be Man City. I think that's very wise. Okay. Really? This is a team that conceded a goal in a 6-1 throwing of Aston Villa. <laughs> and you're making yeah. them your most likely clean sheet against the, yeah. against the might of Jordan Ayew. Yeah, Palace. Uh, Palace can't attack. Okay, Andy, what about you? Um, well, I just said Norwich are going to beat Bournemouth 3-0, so I'm going to go Norwich. Ooh, Norwich is our second pick for a clean sheet. Wow, our times have changed. Um I think I'm going to go ooh, for a Chelsea. Back to you, Ben. I will actually go with Arsenal. 
Yeah, I can see <laughs> <Bold>. that happening. <laughs> What's going on know. in this? <laughs> Sheffield United are, are not particularly goal heavy, are they? Uh, and Arteta's Ar- Arsenal is actually quite solid, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, more solid yeah. than usual. More solid. That's better. More solid. Um, okay, Andy. Um, yeah, I think Leicester. Uh, I think this is really easy, and none of you are picking the ones that I think are really easy. I think Leicester will keep a clean sheet against Burnley. Okay. Um, then we're left with West Ham, Everton. <sighs> Potentially a clean sheet there for both teams, but uh, hard to pick. Brighton could Brighton could keep a clean sheet. Uh, Villa still, I think, still have a threat going yeah. forward, even though they're. Defense I mean, is pretty terrible. Brighton would have been my next pick. Uh, I think. Uh, I, I think they're good for a clean sheet against Villa. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. I think we'll leave it there then. Um, I think this is possibly where we leave you, Ben. All right. Where are you off to? I'm actually off to play football. <laughs> Revolutionary. Actual football. <laughs> wow. Uh, actually, real football. Um, hopefully, I don't get injured. Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, you're not I'm 52 planning, yet, so you've got plenty of plenty of gas in the tank, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning to play till I'm 52. It's my goal. 53, beat the record. 53. Well, actually, no, because he's 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 just signed up for another season, so he will still be a professional footballer <laughs> age 53. You've got to make it to 54 to set a record. Okay, just pace yourself, Ben. Okay, be careful yeah. out there. Yeah, <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, and we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and look at the listeners' league and our joint team. Adrian, big night for him. He really, he really enjoyed himself. What a story! <laughs> Adrian! Like Rocky! Okay, we're back and it's time to have a look at the at FBL FF Fanatics Podcast League. Uh, see how you guys are getting on. Um, and have a look at the top five. So, in first place still is John Hartapay with my Aki Breaky Heart. Um, only 56 points this game week uh, so far. Um, so not a huge lead. I think only six points ahead of second place. Harry Quinn, uh, Matic of the day, with a score of 73 points, so moving up into second. Uh, nice work, Harry. Third place, Kevin Miles dropping down. Milne, Milner barely Noah, uh, 58 points with a hit. Uh, fourth place dropping is Adam Burke with Adam's Reds, uh, 57 points. Uh, fourth place dropping as well is Rui de Oliveira with CP Warriors, uh, 54 points. Um, so congratulations to you guys. Um, getting close at the top there. Um, I think six six points between the top two, uh, another couple of points. You know, you could throw a, throw a blanket over the top five pretty much. Um, it's anyone's game at the moment with a lot of the season still to play. Um how how did we get on in the joint team this week, Andy? So the joint team had a. I mean, it's a it's a funny week this one because it's quite a, a range of um, of scores. So it's it's an interesting one to look at. Uh, we actually got sixty three points this week, so um, not bad. Def- Hang on a second, what's going on here? I'm looking at the wrong league. That's what I have. There were sixty three points this this week, which is uh, not a bad score. Uh, most of the top players got sort of in the fifties this week, so um, yeah, sixty three is decent. Um, Kevin De Bruyne was our captain. That was a good pick, but not the best pick from our team because Rashford returned uh, 12 points. De Bruyne returned nine. So 18 could have been 24, but he was the second best pick and the third best pick was much, much worse. Um, points for 
Um, Lundstrom and Alexander Arnold's clean sheets. Vardy and Ings both got uh, five points. So, yeah, overall sixty three. What isn't isn't a bad score, I don't think, and certainly better than this team has done in the past. Me and Matt last week uh, set ourselves a target of the. I think it was about top 200k for this team because at the moment we're a million in the world and kind of just treading water around that mark. Um, and we, we talked about having to do something quite, you know, quite different, taking some punts. Um, and we talked about some transfer plans. We didn't make any transfers. We held a transfer, um, which I think worked out all right. Um, and we were talking about bringing in Salah for Deli Ali, who's lost his form. And we were talking about bringing um, Mo Salah and then in the bank we'd have left over, um, well, the cash cow to fund that would be getting rid of Rashford and bringing in uh, either Dominic Calvert-Lewin or Neil Mope, basically, as our differentials. What do you think, Andy? Um, Salah, I'm assuming you're thinking double game week. We want to triple up on Liverpool, right? Exactly, yeah. And also kind of probably the highest ceiling three mid three Liverpool players there are. Yeah, like this is a very, very it's a very midfield heavy team then, isn't it, with Mane, De Bruyne and Salah. That's a lot of money invested in three midfielders. Um my my the thing that sits uneasily with me about that is I, I, I follow the um the the logic of uh of tripping up on Liverpool. I agree about Dele Alley, but I think that Rashford could possibly Biters in the ass after after that transfer because he is on very very good form right now, um, having a really really good season. Um, he loves playing against Liverpool particularly as well. Um, I, I I don't know. I think we want to keep him. I think we can achieve the the Liverpool triple up and the Ali loss while also losing a player, Martin Kelly, who is a weakness in our side. Or, or Diego Rico, actually, either of those two. Um, I think we can save money by downgrading Ali. That can be that can be our cash cow, and then upgrade one of those two to uh, to maybe Robertson. I what can, do you I say? Can, yeah, I can see the logic in wanting to keep Rashford. Um, I, I understand why you want to get rid of Kelly because of the fact that you've said you know they're not keeping clean sheets. Um, I just think sometimes it's not worth bothering with your uh, fifth or fourth defender, cheap defender. Um, you know, Crystal Palace's fixtures are going to be good now for quite a while until game week 32. Um, I know they're not a team that have been keeping clean sheets recently, but they have gone on runs recently, you know, before Christmas where they kept a lot of clean sheets and he, he picked up bonuses. And he's a player that's kind of, come in and out of teams uh, this season and sometimes just sitting on the ba- bench and waiting until his need is, is useful. And with our back three of Soyon, Chu, Trent and Lundstrom, he's probably not going to see that many minutes anyway. You know, I'm saying a player like Lundstrom, you play away to Arsenal. So um, I think maybe it's a waste of a transfer. I'm not sure, you know, like Robertson, he's, he's 7 million and he's got more points than Aguero this season. Like I, I feel like the uh, the Liverpool defence because they the, the fullbacks bomb forward so much. It's like having a midfielder that also gets clean sheets. Um, the 
I don't. I really don't like losing Rashford. I think we've got we've got a choice of either we're going to lose Ali. That's all. That's agreed. I think we can have um, we can bring in two players that we would um, like potentially pick for our team um, on any on a given week, with and sort of overall have more flexibility for when players are going through bad weeks or playing each other or something um, by by doing it this way. I think both Rico and Kelly are completely just a waste of space in our team at the moment. You've got Rico, Kelly, Traore and Moy are all extremely cheap. And we've got to play one of them every week. Um, at the mo- recently, that's been Traore, but if, if it leaves no flexibility for bad game weeks. Um, if, we, if we did get rid of them, out of Rico and Kelly, based on our, our preview and our, our pod this week, I would be strongly arguing for Rico. He didn't even play uh, in, in that kind of terrible form of performance. So I'd say keep hold of Kelly. You know, there's potential for Crystal Palace to have a bit of a, a revival with their good fixtures. Um, if we did, we'd have 6.3 million to spend on a, on a Deli Alley replacement. Um, so who would your options be? So in my team, I've recently transferred in Ismail Assar at 6.2. Um, he's returned well for me this week and um, he was even like uh, rested for once Once the game was won he was brought off so I think Pearson sees him as a, a vital part of the team and he didn't look very happy to be brought off actually but that's, that's a different story <laughs> he was uh, uh, did you see him being wrestled by uh, Pearson on the touchdown? yeah like desperately trying to like not react to what he was saying <laughs> Pearson was trying to stop him and he clearly didn't understand a word he was saying trying to walk past him <laughs> yeah. nobody Nobody walks past Pearson when he's <laughs> <laughs> physically physically restrained him. So that that was funny. Um, but yeah, I think he sees Sar as a, a vital cog in the side. He he sort of stays wide while um, De La Feu cuts in, and that then provides balance to the side. Um, so either him, we, we mentioned Decore also from Watford. Either of those, it's a on a on a resurgent side would look good. I think I'd probably go for Sar over Decore. Um, the other thing we could do is you were talking about um, Mope and for Rashford. I think um, we we could go for the sort of the similar logic that Brighton has super easy fixtures. Um, the difficulty with that is that their attacking midfielders don't necessarily have the sort of reliable minutes that um, that Watford's team does, and they're not as quite as stable. So you could look at look at Tross, Trossard, Jahanback, or um, Gross are all around are all within the price range. Um, I don't think they're as reliable as Watford. And if you look elsewhere, there isn't, I'm not really sure there's anything of, of great value at that price range elsewhere. So my pick would be Ismail Assar, um, but I'm open to discussion. I think if if we brought in Trossard, I think, I, you know, we talked about it in the game week preview. The next two fixtures are the best that we're going to get. Um, Aston Villa at home uh, and then Bournemouth away. Uh, it doesn't get better than that if we're thinking kind of short term, because I think we should be thinking short term with this team, a million in the world. And I think an early wild card in the next few weeks is going to be sensible because saving it until a double game week and game week 36 or before a double game week so that we then play the bench boost is, is going to be too late. So, yeah, I think we can think super short term. Next two for Brighton are great. and. Out of those three, I'd say Trossard is the man who has the most goals potential, the most points potential. Um, he just hasn't hasn't clicked this season. Um, 
maybe he's one for next season. If we brought him in and he, and he hauled, it would be the greatest transfer move I think we've ever seen. <laughs> so I, I think it, it it's going to be Ish, Ishmael Asar for me as well. I think someone said that he was our, the midfielder with the most fancy points uh, in the last few weeks, something like that. He has been incredibly consistent, hasn't he? Yeah, he's like he's. Uh, I, I, this is my first first week with him in my team, but I transferred him in off the back of a good few weeks because, um, like you say, he's been consistently returning. I'm just going to bring up his his facts now. So yeah, his uh, his haul over the last um, his his first big haul was the Man U game. He got 13 points. He got 13, then one, but then seven, five, and six. So out of the f- last five game weeks, he's only blanked on one of them against Sheffield United. Um, so if you're looking at, I mean. One of the things that you take into account when you're looking at short-term transfers is what who's the player on form right now. He's definitely on form. Um, and I, the more I talk about this, like if you look at the, the other side of that coin, um, either looking at the original idea of Mope or looking at any of um, Trossard or Gross, like not, none of those three players have really done anything for the last few weeks. Only Jahan Baksh out of those has, and I'm not sure he's reliable, so... Um, I think Saar excites me a lot more than those guys do. And if we did bring in these guys, which is sounding like we will, um, we'd be playing a back four of Robertson, Soyuncu, Trent, Lundstrom, and then a midfield three, uh, Mane, De Bruyne, and then any of, so the third place midfielder would rotate between Saar, Traore and Aaron Moy. I'm guessing Aaron Moy is not going to see any any minutes in that <laughs> rotation, but um, Saar and Traore, that's quite a nice rotation between those two. And then a, a front three of Rashford, Vardy, Ings. It's nice. Yeah, I like I like that team. I think that's solid and it has kind of... I think it's important to have one rotation point so that you can um, you can take those uh, difficult weeks. So yeah, I like that. I think, I think that's the answer. Okay, nice one. Uh, do we... Lock it in now, or do we hold off and wait for injuries and stuff like that? I'm a big fan of locking these in on the grounds that I always forget to do them otherwise. Okay. <laughs> yeah, go for it. All right. Make transfers. Confirm transfers. That's it. It's done. So we've now got to pick the team. So let's um, let's get Robertson in for Triore, I think, this week, right? Because we said in our preview that um, Southampton looked like a, a strong like Wolves probably won't win the game against Southampton after a difficult midweek cup game so and there's potential for him being rested anyway isn't there yeah exactly so that means we're looking at, um, at Saar for that rotational spot but I imagine we want Traore's first sub right yeah definitely Moya's second sub and Kelly's third sub yep in goal, Gaeta against Man City or Button against Aston Villa? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd love it to be Button, but unfortunately we don't have that option. But save Sorry, points. Right. He's going to get so many save points. Come on, Gaeta. Okay, so we'll keep Gaeta against Man City. Um, captaincy. I think our options are either Vardy against Burnley, Ings against Wolves, or... Well, actually, we've got quite a few here. We could have Mane, I think, is pretty likely to score against Man City. Rashford uh, loves United. playing against Liverpool. It's a lot here. I, I would be picking the... <clears throat> I'd be narrowing them down to the home options of De Bruyne, Ings and Mane. 
And I think just looking at what City have just done to Villa um, away, the kind of form that they're in at the moment, they're kind of getting back into the groove of thrashing teams by six goals. So I think it would be on De Bruyne for me. Okay. I th- I, we- I don't disagree with you there. I'm going to suggest Danny Ings' advice in case De Bruyne gets injured. Yeah. Nice one. Do you, think that, do you think De Bruyne is playing in a more withdrawn uh, position than he was slightly earlier in the season? I think he moves around. Um, like he played centre yeah. forward against Man U in the cup, didn't he? So yeah. I don't think he's consistent. Um, he's one of those, because uh, he's like the focal part of, um, of Man City's team this year. I think basically wherever Pep thinks the weakest player in the opposition is, that's where De Bruyne plays. Yeah, he is force of nature isn't he okay nice one um i think we're not going to do gut punts this week uh while gary is moving to chile we're going to hold off on that but we've got our monthly punt punts that we're keeping track of um if you don't follow us on twitter give us a follow at fpl ff fanatics i remembered it this week um get in touch with us as well it's great to hear from you guys um ben's doing some great stuff on twitter um so I think apart from that, it just leaves me to say thank you for your insight, Andy. It's been a pleasure and uh, long live Kazuyoshi Miura. Indeed. Long may he reign. <laughs> He's actually called the king, by the way. Uh, for something king, I can't remember what it is now. He's, his name is like the gold king or something in uh, in Japan. Oh, nice one. What a king he is. Nice one. See you next week. <laughs>